0: I want us to look this morning at what would be probably one of the briefest Bible uh, biographies that we would read. Uh, you find it hiding in the least read section of one of the least read books of the Bible. How many of you for devotional time spend time in 1 Chronicles? You just sit there and you go chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter of the lineage of, uh, of, from Adam all the way up uh, to David and all the tribes and so forth. How many of you just do that? That's great devotional reading. This one begat that one, and that one begat that one, and that one begat that one. Uh, Going from the official family tree from Adam, uh, going thousands of years through Israel's return from captivity, it's probably not number one on your reading list. I, as a pastor, can even say, talk about boring. Lord, please forgive me. I'm talking about your word. But it can really, you know, you're trying to read the Bible through each year. Those are the sections you go, oh, no. And you maybe do a little speed reading. Just so that you can have a taste of it, let me just give you several verses so that you can have a taste of what I'm talking about. And this is, the the chapters go through all of the 12 tribes, but this is just for part of Judah's tribe. And it goes like this. The sons of Judah were Perez and Hezron and Carmi and Hur and Shobal. And Reah. the son of Shobal, begot Jehoth, and Jehoth begot Ahumai and Lahad. Uh, these were the families of the Zorathites, these were the sons of the father of Etam and Jezreel, Ishma and Idbash, isn't this exciting? And uh, the name of their sister, we got, we got a little twist in here, the name of their sister was Hezalaponi, okay, I don't know if she had a pony or what, and Peniel, the father of Gidor and Ezir, Ezir and the father of Husha. Uh, these were the sons of Hur, the firstborn of uh, Ephrathath, and the father of Bethlehem. And Asher, the father of Tekoah, had two wives, Hila and Nara. And Nara bore him Azuzam, Hepher, Timanai, and Hahashtatareh. And I don't know if I said it right, and if you know it right, you just t- say it to your, your uh, significant other. Okay, these were the sons of Nare, the sons of Helan, Zerath, and Zohar, and Ethnan, and Kaz begot Anub and Zobabah, and the families of Harahel, and the sons of Haram. Wow. Don't you feel spiritual? But after these 44 names into the chapter the story suddenly breaks through. And verse 9 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Why after dozens and dozens and hundreds of names listed and listed, all of a sudden the spotlight comes on? Now remember, the Bible is God-breathed. That God is showing us something in the midst of life. How we can just go from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. He is showing us what stands out to him. What catches his attention, he is now drawing our attention to. And he says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And then the next verses picks up with the roll call of Judah as though nothing else had happened. And it goes on, there's Caleb and, and Shuma and Meher uh, just keeps on going. But there was something about this man, Jabez, that caused the historian under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he was writing this to pause, to clear his throat, and to switch tactics. It's as though he said, ah, wait a minute. He seems to be saying, as the Spirit of God catches his attention, he says, you got to know something about this guy named Jabez. He stands head and shoulders above the rest. So we ask the question, what is the secret to the enduring reputation of a man that is never mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, only two verses of Scripture even give notion to him, but God wants us to know about him. His name is Jabez. I mean, I've searched the Bible through and through, and I try to find him in other places, and I could not. Other than these two verses, he seems to be nowhere. And I find as I look at him, it looks like his his life started out bad. And, 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 and no one really is talked much about him before or after, but it started out b- bad, but he prayed to God an unusual one-sentence prayer that God was so stirred by, that God was so moved by, that God was so pleased by, that God not only changed the tra- trajectory of his life, but God has elevated this our attention so that we can learn from this and we can change the trajectory of our lives. See, clearly the outcome can be traced to his prayer. It's all about his prayer. It's something about Jabez's simple direct request to God that changed his life and left a permanent mark on history books of Israel. So this morning, I want you to join me as uh, we come together and we look at some of the amazing truths of Jabez's prayer this morning so that the blessing that he prayed for can be the blessing that you and I leave out of here walking under in Jesus' name. I don't want us to live our lives just at the river's edge, taking a cup of water every day, and just sustaining life. I don't believe that's God's plan for you. I don't think that's the purpose that God puts you on earth. I believe God wants us to jump into the river and to receive all that he has for us. And I believe he elevated out of all of these thousands of years of coverage this one man in his prayer. Because it's a prayer like this that will cause you to jump into the river of the blessings in the favor of God. Look at verse 9. Now Jabez the Bible says, was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Wow, let us look at these lessons that we can learn from this prayer. And I pray that it would motivate you that you'd be sitting on the edge of your seat and that you would be ready to jump into the river of all God has for you, that you will not go into this week and live it normal. You will not just go and and bide your time. You will not just go and count your days, but you will go and you will be counted for effect of heaven coming to earth in and through your life, of people's lives being changed for good because of your prayer today. He begins and he says, first, our lesson is, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, I know there's people that would say that's kind of impolite and immature or maybe greedy to begin a prayer like this. But remember, God is the one who is promoting uh, this prayer to us as one that he favors, as one that he likes. So before we judge him, we may need to step back and get a little understanding of Jabez's life. See, Jabez lived in the southern part of Israel uh, after the conquest of Canaan. It was during the time of the judges. He was born of the tribe of Judah. And because of this prayer, maybe this prayer is what uh, catapulted him to become a notable head of his tribe. But, But this is how the story began. And it begins with his name. It begins with his name. His mother called him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. His name in Hebrew means he who causes pain. Doesn't sound like a start for a very promising life, does it? Some of you probably been called a pain in the side or other things in your life, but never to the point your name was pain. I know all babies come with a certain amount of pain, but Jabez's birth must have been something unusual. Yabitz is his, is his Hebrew name. Grief, cause her of grief, cause her of sorrow, cause her of pain. Wow. Maybe he was the product of an unwanted pregnancy. I don't know. Maybe his mother was so sick, feeling near unto death during her pregnancy, that she regretted him. I don't know the circumstances that, that we know, but we do know whatever they were. It was very, very painful to his mother. Jabez grew up hearing about a God of miracles He heard about a God who could change the trajectory of your life. He heard about a God that could intervene and part the Red Sea. He heard about a God that could rain manna from heaven. He heard about a God that could lead you into the promised land. He heard about a God that could raise up a bloodline that was going to bring a Messiah. He heard about a God of miracles and he chose to pray to his God. And he prayed, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And when you see that word indeed in the Hebrew, it literally means five, six, seven exclamation points behind what you're saying. It means that you, you, you boldface it, you highlight it, you underline it, you draw a circle around the blessing. It is, a, it is the type of blessing you see in Proverbs ten twenty two, 22, where it says God blesses us and the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and He adds no sorrow with it." Hallelujah. So he is saying, God, bless me, bless me, bless me! I mean, he raised his voice, he bold-faced, he highlighted, he capitalized, he put exclamation points, bless me, God, bless me! Indeed. And notice the radical effects uh, aspects of Jabez's request for blessing is that he left it entirely up to God what the blessings were to be. He didn't go through in detail with his... See, he's coming from a broken background. And he realized that through his brokenness he might limit God if he started dictating the construct of the blessings. So he says, I don't even want to be limited by my history. I don't want to be limited by what I've been called, the names I've been called, and, and the things that people have said and looked down on me and, and, and expected less out of me. I don't want that to hinder this. God, you're a God that created the heavens and the earth. And as I look at the stars in the sky, I cannot count them. You're the God that created all of that in the universe and the galaxies beyond galaxies. I don't want to limit you, God. So God, I'm just praying for your blessing on my life. And I want it to be powerful, and I want it to be loud. And I want it to be seen and I want it to be noticed. I want to make a difference, God. Bless me indeed. Man, this is a radical trust in a God whose intentions towards us is not some God-feed-my-need-for-greed pseudo-gospel. That's not it at all. He was seeking God's ultimate, ultimate will for his life. Let me tell you what, God has spotlighted this prayer that you and I could learn from it and that we would follow its example. See, God is waiting right now. He is desiring right now for you and I to have enough faith in Him and enough belief in Him to stop looking at the baggage and to stop looking at the pain and stop looking at the loss and stop looking at that which we don't have and look at a God who has it all. And began to tap into him and say, God, you planted me with purpose here. You've got me here to live on this earth for a reason. And I need your blessing in order to fulfill it. Hallelujah. You've got to get it. The catch here is you've got to ask. Oh, God knows what I want. Oh, I humbly bow myself before God, who I will trust that will will portion out to me whatever he desires. And I will be grateful for whatever it is. That's not the teaching of the word of God. God says, I want to partner with someone who sees who I am, who believes that I am the God that created you, who knows my nature. And I want you to ask me. I want you to ask me. So we've got to ask. Jesus promised in Matthew 7 and 7. He said, ask and it will be given to you. That's teachings of Jesus right there. Ask and it shall be given to you. And, and, and we know that where He says, if we will ask, we will receive, if we seek, we will find, if we knock, the door will be opened. And the verb tense there is to ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, and to knock and keep knocking until the doors are open and until they come. He wants the communication. He wants us trusting Him. He wants us coming to Him. James tells us you do not have because you do not ask. So you've got to understand the nature of God and His nature and His desire He wants us to tap into through request. God wants you to ask Him. His nature is to bless. Did you know your God is a God of blessing? Perhaps, perhaps you think that, that your name is just another word for pain or trouble and, and your life is caused more negative than positive and you don't feel like you're a candidate for God's blessing. Let me tell you what, none of us are. We've all been found and weighed in the balance and found wanting. Every one of us, our righteousness is but like filthy rags. Every one of us, our efforts fail over and over. But there is an avenue of redemption. There is a plan of salvation. There is a gift of righteousness. And God wants us to believe in His nature and trust Him and place our faith in Him. And He wants us to be bold about it. His nature is to bless. Some people think if I had a good day, that's enough because if it gets too much good, that just, that just don't make sense. So now this got to be balanced out with bad. That's why people say, wow, this has been a good day or this has been a good week, knock on wood. What kind of stinking thinking is that? I see God's direction is only up. He takes us up out of the pit and sets us upon a rock that is higher than I. He takes us up from faith to faith. He takes us up from glory to glory. So why do we think we got to balance the scales that if something good has happened, something bad's got to happen in order to balance the scales because we don't deserve it. It's not about what we deserve. It's about what God desires. And what God desires is that His nature be manifested in and through His people so that the lost world could see it and be drawn to the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that leads unto repentance. Amen. When Moses said on Mount Sinai, he said, God, show me Your glory. He was asking for a more intimate understanding of, of who God was in Exodus 33 and 18. And look at God's response. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord said this, the Lord, the Lord God... Look at the five things he says. He's merciful, is gracious, is long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. Hallelujah. He said, "Don't you see it? Moses, if you want to know my nature, this is who I am. I am merciful. I am gracious. Aren't you glad that God is merciful?" Mercy is God withholding from you what you rightly deserve. You broke the law, you deserve penalty. You deserve punishment. You thought those thoughts, you deserve curses. You said those words, you deserve death. But God is withheld from you out of His mercy what maybe you've even called upon yourself as judgment should come. Let me tell you what God is merciful. But He's also gracious in that He gives you what you don't deserve. You don't deserve salvation. You don't deserve righteousness. You don't deserve favor. You don't deserve His goodness. You don't deserve His blessing. But He loves us so much that He's a gracious God and He gives us what we don't deserve. Hallelujah. And He's long-suffering. You need to say, thank you, Lord, that He's patient with me. Thank you, Lord, that you are patient with me abounding, overflow. The floodgates are overflowing with His goodness. He's good. He's a good, good God. And with His truth. Man, that devil will tell you everything opposite of this about God that God is ready to get you with a lightning bolt, that God is upset with you, that God is pouting and He's not talking to you, He's not answering your prayer, that God, is you're not good enough, you didn't come from the right family line, you've not lived the right life, you've not done this and you've not done that. That's what the devil will tell you the nature of God is. And whoever you believe is where you will exercise your faith. Jabez says God is good. He is good. He is a God of blessing. That is His very nature. His nature is to be good. He wants to overflow His goodness into our unworthy lives see the first thing God said about man in Genesis 1 when he created us he says he blessed them he blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply after the flood he takes Noah and his surviving family and he blesses them and then in Genesis 12 and Genesis 18 and Genesis 20 say you read about how God blessed humanity and the blessing and the favor of God and in Isaiah the Bible tells us in chapter 2 about this covenant that God even cuts covenant to be the God of blessing oh what a good God he's trying to communicate He's trying to even etch it in the law that I am a good God, that my nature is to bless, that my nature is to heal, that my nature is to lift you up, my nature is to break you out of the bondage you're in into the freedom that I have for you. I'm a good, good God. Hallelujah. But get this God's bounty is limited only by us, not by His resources, not by His power. Not by his willingness to give, the limitation is imposed by us. And I don't know what came to the place, but something came and broke free in Jabez. And he says, No more limitation. Take off the chains. Take off the lid. Take it off. I'm here on purpose. God wants to use me. My life has been called pain. I've been called my name. I cause pain. uh, But I know God didn't put me here to cause pain. uh, So I'm going to reach out to the God who put me here. Not the people who've named me. Not the people who've labeled me. Not the people who've set up their opinion about me. I'm going to the God who created me. And God, I'm coming to you and I am asking that you would bless me in Indeed, hallelujah. Thank God this story is in here because you and I may identify with Jabez. We may not have come into this world through the best of circumstances. We may not have made the best choices, causing our circumstances in life to become very, very negative. Many of us sitting here today may even have a record. And if it's not a record in some uh, law enforcement agency, it's a record that the enemy has kept of our failings, our failures, our lies, our promises that we didn't keep, so on and so on and so on. And the devil will bring those records up and say, this is your label, this is your name, this is how you are known. You are worthless. You are powerless. You deserve sickness. You deserve that pain. You deserve that, 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 that brokenness of home and brokenness of heart. You deserve it! And He will bring those records up. But God is held up for us with a spotlight of heaven upon even the boring readings of, of the, the lineages of all the tribes that there was a man that stood head and shoulders above everybody. Because he didn't go by what he was labeled. He didn't go by what he was called. He didn't go by what his history said. He was looking to what his future said. And his future, he looked unto God to change the trajectory of his life. Hallelujah. He prayed and made this request. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. I encourage you to make that your prayer today. To make that your prayer before you even go home from this place today. Because one prayer can change what happens right in one minute. It can change what happens for the rest of your life. We need to ask. And then he prayed, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. That word territory in the Greek is, is gebul, and gebul means border, property line, boundary, coastline, landmark, limits. It talks about quarters. It talks about space. It talks about limitations. Let me tell you what. I want to pray the way God spotlighted this prayer that we would enlarge our territory, our influence, our impact. Every one of you are making a ripple effect that is going on beyond your life, and it is affecting humanity for good or for bad. You say, no, I'm neutral. Well, if you sneeze, you're going to cause a ripple effect. Okay? So go ahead and get it. You either got negative ripple effects, and you're affecting people negatively, or you have positive ripple effects that are affecting them positively. What he prayed is, Lord God, that you would enlarge my territory, you would enlarge my capacity, you would enlarge me so that you could fit in me, God, and you could, through me, make a greater impact on society. How many of you know that if you got God moving through you, the ripple effect is going to be godly? Hallelujah. And it's going to affect humanity in a very positive way. I like Bruce Wilkinson's testimony he wrote down. He said while he was teaching a class in California, a Christian college there, he was teaching a class. He challenged the students to ask God to enlarge their boundaries. And he asked them, he said, let's specifically ask God for the island of Trinidad. And most of the students, he said, while they were wanting to do something significant with their life, uh, they they began to come up with the, the list of deficiencies and the reasons they could not do this. They said, you know, because of my lack of skill and my lack of money and my lack of experience and maybe my lack of courage and my lack of real opportunity, I don't know that I could ever be really a positive change for the island of Trinidad. But there were two students. I want to be one of those students. And their names was Warren and Dave. Warren and Dave took the challenge, and they said, well, we may not be able to go to Trinidad right now. What can we do this weekend? What can our influence be? And they decided that God, we want you to enlarge our boundaries. We want to go and pray with the governor of California. We want to go pray for the governor of California. So the weekend came, they loaded up their sleeping bags, and they drove over 400 miles to the capital. And by the end of the weekend, they had witnessed to two gas station attendants, four security guards, the head of the United States National Guard, the director of the Department of Health, the director of the Department of Education, the director of the Department of Welfare for the state of California, also the head of the California Highway Patrol, and I don't know the circumstances behind that, uh, the governor's secretary, and guess who? The governor himself. And that was just the beginning. When Warren and Dave got back to class on Monday morning and they give their testimony, it got everybody so excited, not just the students, but also the faculty, that when fall came, 126 students and faculty had raised the funds, and they called it Operation Jabez. They loaded up on a jet in L.A., and they flew to the island of Trinidad. They went over to minister through drama, through vacation Bibles, through school, through construction efforts and music and visitation and all because two students on that weekend when that professor made the challenge, they said, yes, I challenge and I ask God to enlarge my territory and guess what God does to prayer? He hears prayers and He answers prayer. One little prayer remapped the boundary lines and impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. Listen to me this morning. When you pray, Lord, please give me more influence to minister. Lord, please give me more influence to, for amazing things to occur for your glory and for your honor. And as the opportunities expand and the ability and the resources supernaturally increase, you will begin to see people's lives affected for eternity. We call them Jabez appointments. Wow. So let's live our, God, live our lives By God's math, not our math. You know, our math is is crummy math, really. That's when we take our abilities plus our experiences plus our training plus our resources plus our personality plus our appearance plus our past plus the expectation of others and we add all that together and say, now this is my assigned territory. Let me tell you what, that's bad math. Do you hear me? That's bad math. Here's a better formula to look at. God's math, where we take my willingness plus my weaknesses. Because where I am weak, God is strong, right? So my willingness plus my weaknesses plus God's will plus God's supernatural power, that becomes my expanded territory. Hallelujah. That becomes where God is going to use me and do great and mighty things. So to pray for larger borders is to ask for a miracle. It's that simple. A miracle. An intervention by God. Guess what? He's the God of miracles. He's a God of miracles. Somebody's got to believe that this morning. How many of you have ever experienced a miracle from God? How many of you know God is a God that still works miracles here in 2018? Do you still believe in miracles? Hallelujah. I encourage you to ask God to expand your territory, enlarge your territory. He is a God that wants to work miracles. He's like the grandparents who has, they've, got the, they've cut out the coupons and they're going to Dairy Queen and they're going to go uh, buy uh, Toys R Us and they're going to go to the park and they got all these plans. If the grandkids will come over... If the grandkids will come over and say, Granny, Grandpa, uh, let's go have fun. Let's go get ice cream. They're ready. They got it. They're ready. But if the grandkids never come over and ask to have anything to do with them, those grandparents, and I've, I've met some of them, they'll go to their neighbors. They'll start going into the church, and they'll be like, We're grandparents ready for hire because we, by our nature, want to do some great things for kids. Our kids aren't coming to us, so I'm looking for somebody that I can bless." That's just a minute form of a great expansion of how great our God is, the miracle-working God of heaven who says, I've got miracles flowing like rivers. I've got miracles like the ocean. I've got miracles like the stars in the heaven." And I just want somebody to believe me. I want somebody to ask. I want somebody to challenge the status quo. And I want somebody to pull on the miracles that I have because I'm a God of miracles. Hallelujah. Let's make a bold request to expand God's kingdom. No matter what miracles are needed, leave that to God. If it takes a million dollars for you to fulfill the purpose God has for you, leave that to God. If it takes you walking on water, leave that to God. If it takes you going to, the, going to Nineveh, where they're worshiping day God, a fish God, half fish and half man, and it takes you, like Jonah, being spit up on the shore from a fish delivered to them with a message and they worship the God of the fish and they're like we think we're going to listen to this man let me tell you what Jonah could have been delivered many many ways but the way he was delivered through a great fish to a people who are bowing down to a half man half fish idol let me tell you what got their attention Now, you think God had to work real hard? And do you think God had to sweat and his brow be covered with perspiration? Do you think God was saying, what do I get myself into? This is so hard. Or do you think God was smiling when he had that great fish go and swallow Jonah after he'd been thrown over a ship? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like God loves this. God loves shutting the mouth of the lions. Oh, Daniel didn't have to go in the lion's den. But God just loves doing miracles. I mean, he just loves shutting the mouth of the lions while he sat there or petting those pussycats. You know, you're nice little pussycat, nice little pussycat. God could have delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so they never even had to go through the fire. But God loved walking with them through the midst of the fire so not even the hair on their head is singed and not even the smell of smoke is on their clothes. Let me tell you what, you can go through hell and not smell like hell. You just need to call on the God of miracles. You need to believe in the God of miracles. What hell is the devil trying to throw on you today? What pain is he trying to throw on you today? What limitation is he trying to throw on you today? It's time for you to wake up and stretch and realize, wait a minute, I'm not in this by myself. I'm here on purpose. I'm here with a plan. I'm here designed by God, purposed by God, planned by God. And while I was yet in my mother's womb, he had this plan for me. And now he wants me to tap into his greatness and his power and his miracle working ability so I can rise up and I can be the mighty man or woman of God, fulfilling my assignment here on earth. Oh, that you would pray, God, enlarge my territory. Hallelujah. God always intervenes when you put His agenda ahead of yours. God, I want to be used by You. I want You to reach people through me. Hallelujah. And then the third thing is, oh, that Your hand would be with me. Oh, God, I don't want to do this with a deposit of a miracle, and I get the glory. I don't want to continue in this miracle life without your presence, so put your hand on me. Keep your hand on me. The hand of God, the, the Yadika, it's, uh, talks about the presence and the power and the direction and the means and the protection and the provision of God in the lives of His people. Isaiah 41 and 10. I've used this scripture uh, since I was 17 years old in a mighty, mighty way as it changed my life. When Dr. Jerry, uh, brother Jerry Cox preached it, uh, when I was seeking God after having an, a failed attempt at suicide, having the hand of a, a, a mysterious hand come through the roof of my car and its thumb pointing to the left as it took the steering wheel and, and, and took me into safety and seeing that it was a right hand. The next Sunday, this minister is preaching out of Isaiah 41 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm telling you, God is a miracle-working God where He puts His hand into the the midst of our circumstances. He puts His hand in the midst of our dirt. He puts His hand in the midst of our pain. He puts His hand in the midst of our lowliness. And He lifts us up, hallelujah. Isaiah 59 and 1, Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save. Do you hear what I'm saying? And his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Acts 11 and 21, it said, The hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Dependence on God makes heroes of ordinary people like Jabez, like you, and like me. God's power under us, God's power in us, God's power surging through us is exactly what turns dependence into unforgettable experiences of completeness. Hallelujah. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6, he said, now that we are sufficient, not not that we are sufficient of ourselves. He said we're not sufficient of ourselves. What does he say? He says our sufficiency is from God. Go ahead and say that. My sufficiency is from God. Say it again. My sufficiency is from God who is made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So he says our sufficiency is the hand of God's provision and His hand of provision and presence and power is by His Spirit. So the most specific New Testament description for God's hand is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gave His disciples the great commission to you and me as well, that we go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And He says, And lo, I am with you always. My hand is with you. My Spirit is with you. My Spirit is in you. Hallelujah. That's why they were to tarry in Jerusalem until they received the power and the presence of God in them from on high by the Holy Spirit. And then throughout the book of Acts, they kept going back for a refilling and a refilling and a refilling of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God wants you to pray, oh, that you would bless me indeed. I can't pray it for you, but I guarantee you I'm praying it for me. You want to see the trajectory of my life go even in a sharper turn up like a jet with great power flying straight vertical up? That's what this is going to happen in my life and the life of this church. And you're saying, why? It's because we're reminded of this prayer and your pastor is praying this prayer and he's asking you to join him. Oh God, that you would bless us indeed and that you would enlarge our territory. You would enlarge our influence. You would enlarge the mass appeal and the mass proportion of you being shared to the world around us and oh God that you your hand would be with me that your hand would be with me oh thank God we can know that his hand is with us oh thank God we can celebrate and know that the spirit of the living God is available to anyone who will ask Jesus says a father and a son are standing and the son says daddy Could I have some bread? He says, is that that father going to give him a stone? No. And the son says, Father, could I have a piece of fish? He says, is that father going to give him a scorpion instead? No. Jesus says, an earthly father, with all of his limitations in this evil world, is willing to give his son bread and give his son fish when he asks for it. How much more? How much more? How much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Oh, God, that Your hand would be with me. For us in the New Testament, oh, that Your Holy Spirit would be in me. Oh, I welcome You, Spirit of the living God. And the final part of that prayer is so that I will cause no more pain. I don't want to cause any more pain. Keep me from causing pain. Let me be used to spread your joy, to spread freedom, to spread your miracles, to spread your goodness, to spread your love. Use me, God, in a positive way. I don't want to cause pain anymore. Let me tell you what, we can close this morning with this dynamic prayer. If it comes off of your lips from a heart that believes, you can begin to start receiving and seeing the fulfillment of it. I believe even as you walk out of these doors today, Oh, God, that You would bless me indeed, that You would enlarge my territory, that Your hand would be upon me, Your presence, Your power, Your Holy Spirit would be with me, and that You would keep me from causing pain. Let that be Your prayer, as it is my prayer, as we stand together. Let us stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, as we prepare ourselves even now, standing in Your very presence. Lord, we know that we receive not when we ask not. We know, Jesus, You said that we, if we'll ask, we'll receive. Lord, You've given us the example of Jabez. In the midst of all the, the humdrum of life, there was someone who shone forth in Your eyes and in Your heart when he reached out in prayer. And he said, Oh God, that You would bless me. Yes, bless me indeed. Oh God, that you would bless me and you would enlarge my territory and your hand would be upon me that my life will cause not pain, but would bring forth the manifest of your nature and your goodness and your power on earth. Lord, I believe there are men and women right now here listening before me that want to make that their prayer today as well. And Lord, I'm just asking for everyone Who by faith wants to make an exercise, I mean, stand out. And we can't stand out sitting in the row of routine. I want to step out and say I am making the prayer of Jabez my prayer as I go out out into this week. And I am going to fulfill the purpose and the plan and the destiny that God has for me. I'm not going to live just day by day letting a day come and day go, counting down my time. I want my life to count. I want God to use me to do great things for Him. I want to fulfill His purpose and plan for my life. I want you to by faith step out and come. And let us close with prayer around this altar. I want you to by coming For saying I am changing the way I pray or I am adding this to the way I pray I am getting bold I am becoming confident in the goodness of my God I am becoming confident in the power of my God I believe that God wants me to pray miracle believing prayers where the miracle of heaven manifests on earth I don't want to live just on the natural Lord God I'm calling on the supernatural over my family over my friends uh, over my business over my school, over my church, over my neighborhood, and over my body, and over my life. If you are a man or woman, and you said, I want God to see me stand as Jabez stood up for him, he wants to see me stand and believe him for greater things, I am coming here this morning. Just come on up. If you've not made the decision, come on up. Just come here and say, I am standing in faith. My faith has been stirred, so I'm going to exercise my faith. My faith has been challenged and I'm going to meet the challenge, and I'm going to believe you, God. God, I know you're smiling as you look at this altar from end to end. Uh, Sons and daughters and believers, Lord God, that believe that you're a miracle-working God, who believe you're a healing God, who believe, God, that you can bring us up out of the brink of bankruptcy and destruction. You can bring us up out of the brink of pain and sorrow. You can bring us and break us free from bondages. You can break us free from the heavy burdens and the weight that the World is put upon us, and the labels that have been put on us. Uh, here we are today. God saying, "I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the Most High God." And God, I believe. I believe. I believe. Hallelujah in you, and I believe in your word. And Lord, I hear you calling me to a higher level of prayer and a prayer like Jabez. So now I pray. And go ahead and begin to pray. God bless me, indeed. God bless me, indeed. Hallelujah. And asking God enlarge my territory. Use me, God. Use me in ways I've not even seen. Use me in ways I've not even thought of, Lord God. I want to be used for Your glory. I want to be used for Your honor. Here am I, God. Send me. Here am I, God. Use me. Here am I, God. Anoint me by putting Your hand on me. By putting Your Spirit in me. Fill me with Your Spirit. Fill me afresh with Your anointing. Fill me afresh with Your presence, Lord God. Your power and Your insight that leads me into all truth. Hallelujah. And Lord God, I pray that my life would cease causing pain and would start causing gain for Your glory. No more pain, but divine gain for Your glory and for Your honor. Here am I, God. I am Yours. And I want You to send me into this week. And I want You to send me into this month. And I want You to send me into this year, Lord God breaking chains off of others, uh, bringing forth the manifest of heaven on earth. Everywhere I go, as the light of the world and the salt of the earth, here am I, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I yield my life to You. Hallelujah. And now I want you to begin to thank Him for the miracles. I want you to begin to thank Him for the mighty works. I want you to begin to thank Him for the breakthrough. I want you to go ahead and thank Him. Come on. By faith, begin to thank Him. Lord, I want to thank You for my healing. I want to thank You for the breakthrough. I want to thank You for the provision. I want to thank You, Lord God, for Your intervention. Hallelujah. Come and begin to thank Him. Come on. Come on, begin to thank Him by faith. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank You. I thank You. The devil wanted me down, but You're lifting me up. The devil wanted me dead, but You're giving me new life. The devil wanted me broke, but You're giving me provision. Lord, God, my. children were lost but they're coming home my my grandchildren were lost but they're coming home My, my health was gone but my health's coming back hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord we give you the praise god we give you the glory and we give you the honor for all things that are accomplished are all for you by you through you and in your name in the mighty name of jesus amen and amen